1: Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition and another week of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson, First Bank Studios in uh, Hattiesburg and Laurel, and we're glad you're with us. And we've got a great show today. Head basketball coach Jay Ladner just about to join us here. It's always fun to talk uh, with Coach Ladner about basketball. Opening segment of the show, sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Great supporters of the athletic department and, of course, our show, and we're grateful for that. And we enjoy their food. It is delicious seven days a week. And just remember, the next time you have a catering event, make sure you include Dickies. All right, we want to kick off the week in style. We're going to bring head basketball coach Jay Ladner on the show. Coach, always uh, fun to have you on the Eagle Hour, and thanks for returning.
2: Uh, Absolutely. Miss Bob, thank y'all for having me on. Uh, Y'all do an incredible job promoting athletics in our area uh, at the university. And, and, uh, of course, uh, I love the opportunity to be able to speak uh, about Golden Eagle basketball, my favorite subject.
1: Well, it's one of our favorites, too. And, uh, you know, you and I were talking just a minute or so ago. You guys just kind of finished up about a week ago your summer workouts. The guys report back to campus on the 21st, about a week of uh, activity, getting, you know, physicals, all that stuff. And, heck, before you know it in a month, you'll be on the floor getting ready for basketball.
2: You know, Ms. Baum, you know, you you and I both go way back to following Southern Miss, of course, Kelly, and, and anyway, uh, you know, when the things have changed so much, I was talking to an, another uh, in-state head coach this morning regarding future scheduling and. We got to talking about the summer. He said, "Jay, how was y'all summer?" I said, "Of course, very positive about it." And I will say this: it, it, I'm not one to make bold predictions or statements, but other than to say, uh, in that this was well, we really didn't have a summer last year, of course. But so I, I don't know if I can count that. Other than but of the summers that I've been there, uh, this was by far our most productive. Uh, our, our group is just, and they should be. We should be improved. Uh, that's that's our expectation. But uh, real, real happy with our group. But going back to what I was saying, um, you know, back in the '80s, I was fortunate to play for Coach Turk in '84 through '88. The only guys on campus in the summer were the few athletes, whether it be football, basketball players, that needed to get a few hours to maintain eligibility. Now, with the uh, the, the way things are structured, uh, Bob, it is it's it's, unbe- it's year round, and and you cha- train year round. Uh, of course, I think the biggest benefit of that is more strength and conditioning than anything because they are in a very professional Well, we have an outstanding strength and conditioning program overall at the university in our athletic department. But, it, but it, it, of course, in basketball, too, we, we have a, a young man that does a great job with that. But that, that's the biggest, I think, uh, benefit is that they get to train uh, physically year-round. So the players are just so much bigger and stronger. But. You know, it's just you know it, there were only a few guys on campus back then. It, it was it was it, it was rare. You know, so so it, it, back in Coach Turk and, and Coach Robert McKinnis, Coach Raphmore of our assistant coaches. You know, their summers were much different than ours. Now it's 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 uh, there's really no time off. In fact, we're probably in our, our what we call our Christmas break now, uh, and over the next couple of weeks until we report back, um, because once we get back, it it, it, it really won't stop until next may right and uh, of course goes over the holidays but but you're right uh uh, i I think our guys they probably needed they worked hard needed a short break uh our coaches probably needed a short break uh uh, of course we've had a real real busy summer and uh and i I hope our coaches can kind of get their their batteries recharged too and, and ready to come back and Let's see what we can get done
1: this year. And we want to talk about your team while we have you, but I'm going to throw a a curveball question at you right out of the gate. Kelly and I were promoting you last week coming on the show, and we were talking about uh, how open and accessible you've been to us and and how much we enjoy our conversations with you. And Kelly made an interesting comment, Coach, I want to get your thoughts about. He said that – You played and you learned a lot about basketball from the great MK Turk. And not only was Coach Turk a great coach, but Coach Turk understood that basketball had to be entertaining and exciting, and he had to promote his basketball team to the public. Your thoughts about that?
2: I I think that I'm going to actually bring out two different coaches, and I'm going to bring someone else in there that, I know that our fan base will relate to Coach Turk and, and Coach Denson, uh, right. Coach Hill Denson with baseball. Those were two men that very easily, maybe, and I I don't know the politics or the decisions that were made back then. That maybe could have, should have been, maybe as their coaching uh, career began to wind down, possible would have been. I'll just put it this way: would have been great athletic administrators at Southern Miss at that time and that's not taken away from anybody that got it. But what those two men understood Southern Miss the Southern Miss community, of course, South Mississippi, uh, uh, that, that they, they both had a great mind for promoting and understood promoting basketball and a tremendous work ethic and the type of personalities that, uh, they were just people, people, you know, they mm-hmm. were just people, people. And, 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 and they, they just knew what it took and they, they had and no problem with their, there were no set work hours. It wasn't like they checked off uh, checked out of work when they they left. They, they promoted the university and those their particular uh, athletic programs in. I'm going to tell you a second story to illustrate. Um, Bob in, in we were, we were in 19. 19- Eighty-four. We were seven, and I believe we were seven and twenty-one. I may be off a loss or two. It may not be counted exactly, but we—I know we won seven games in, in in my freshman year. Now, of course, I wasn't doing—I didn't do a lot of playing as a freshman. I didn't do a ton more as a senior, but I had the chance of being on some really good teams with some really great Southern Miss players. Eventually, went on to win the NIT. I, but I was talking with with Casey Fisher just a few weeks back, Casey and I say uh, real close, and Southern fans will certainly remember that name. And Casey, Casey I, we were talking about as a group of, of players, we went to visit with Coach Turk. First of all, he always had an open-door policy. We were struggling. And, of course, I'm just a, uh, not, not, not the voice in this particular meeting. I don't want to sound like I was. Casey, of course, was the voice of this group. But not not complaining to Coach, but just say, Coach, if you will trust us and let us get up and down the floor and, and, and play and so forth, we promise you we'll play defense. We'll, we'll do if, if you will let us do that. And, and basically what he was saying was, what Casey was saying, Coach, we, we know we got the horses. We're confident in what we got. If you'll let us play a more entertaining style of basketball. And, of course, the rest ended up being history. And, and that not only that went on past. Of course, by the time our group had graduated and into Clarence Weatherspoon and and all that group, so it was a uh, uh, Coach Turk understood that he understood that was a, a, a entertaining style of basketball. I will say this: you'll see a lot more of that style with our team this year because we have better personnel and more personnel to be able to play the way that we've wanted to play uh, since we've gotten here. And uh, but no, I learned a great lesson from Coach. Coach just really understood how to deal with the public. Here's another insight, too, Bob, from back then. And of course, I love uh, talking about Coach Turk and I owe so much to him. Um, but but Coach, uh, it, the general public didn't understand this, but he he understood it. He may have been absolutely just so upset if we maybe had lost a game or not, maybe we won and didn't play well up to – Whatever he felt like. and I mean, he could have come in there as coaches do and just lamb blast us in the locker room. But of course, by the time he got down to his postgame radio show, he would be so calm and you would never <laughs> he would never let the general public know maybe what they really didn't need to know. You know They didn't need to know he was upset with Casey Fisher or John White or Derek Hamilton or whoever they, it, it, and maybe the team in general because he was so good at handling his emotions and handling the public. That's something that I've always thought to myself, man, I just heard Coach 10 minutes ago, and I thought he was going to kill us. (laughs) And he's composed himself enough from the locker room back down to the post-game radio show, and he talked about the pauses of the game and what we had to do to get better. And I've tried to use that as the many lessons that I've learned from him. That's one of them is try to always get myself back together again. So, I, you could you you weren't talking about emotional things, but you were you were you were you were shedding a positive light on your program in the public. So right. anyway, I could go on and on, Bob. I probably went on a little bit too far as far as the question was concerned. But uh, Coach Turk, uh, again, I, I want to give Coach Denson a lot of credit too because he was doing the same exact thing across the street uh, over across Fourth Street uh, with baseball. And uh, But coach, coach did it, too. And, and we're, we're excited about those times returning. And and I think our fan base, uh, there's a strong, strong desire to return to that style of basketball. Of course, we have to have the right personnel to play that type of basketball. And we feel like that we're a lot closer to that this year than any, any so far that we've been there.
1: We're talking to head basketball coach Jay Ladner. We're going to hold him over and uh, continue our conversation. Great excitement about Southern Miss basketball right on the horizon. Tomorrow on the show, football defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong, head football coach Will Hall on Wednesday. we we'll to keep talking Golden Eagle hoops right after this break. We've got Jay Ladner with us. Stay with us. Southern Miss, to the top. To the top. You're
0: tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
1: Hey, welcome back. This segment is sponsored by our good friends at Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. I visited with Miss Kathleen over the weekend. I bought some stuff, of course, while I was there, and she's just so great. And uh, they have such a huge inventory right now of Southern Miss football, basketball, baseball apparel. Make sure you check them out, Hardy Street right across from the Southern Miss campus. We're talking to head basketball coach Jay Ladner. Let's get Luke here in the conversation. Uh, Luke, Jay Ladner. Coach, uh,
0: thanks for coming on, and and so many uh, some new faces, exciting new faces, and I guess the uh, Golden Eagle fans that have been talking to me just kind of want to know uh, as far as working this summer. You know, Isaiah Moore, Waylon Napper, how are they kind of fitting in? And we uh, we we talked about chemistry last year. It took the, the guys a, a bit to uh, to get some chemistry going, but year two with a lot of these new guys together, how have the new guys Moore and Napper specifically come in and worked well with uh, your team?
2: Well, Luke, thank you for the job you do too, and thank y'all for always having me on. And and I really, really honored to be on your know, love y'all love y'all show. I listen as a fan. I'm a Southern Miss fan, you know. So I I listen to all, uh, you know the show anyway. But it, but thanks thanks for having me on, and I appreciate it. It's Like I, I we we needed to I'm start with Waylon Napper, um, and then I wanted to actually talk about a, a few other faces. But of course, those two uh, are, are are highly regarded recruits. Waylon Knapper was a young man that, of course, we had recruited. I had recruited when I was at Southeastern Louisiana. Of course, he ended up at Dodge City, which is one of the uh, uh, top community college programs in our country. Uh, averaged 21 and 8 assists uh, a game. Um, what we, we played, uh, of course, anyone that saw us play last year, we, we were playing with uh, basically, without a, a, a true point guard, um, played played. Of course, uh, uh, Tay Hardy did a, a you know a, a great job. He's really more of became more of a two guard. Jaron Pierre had never played the position before, and those guys I thought did an incredible job playing out of position. It was like maybe taking a tailback and playing them at quarterback. In, in, in football analogy, did a good job, but but I didn't really realize how much the difference made until we got Wayland Knapper, uh, of course on campus. And, um, just this summer, of, and as I mentioned to Mr. Bob earlier, we just so much further along than we've ever been in the, the, the time that I've short time that I've been at Southern Miss. Um, uh, and, and we should be, I want people to know, I'm not just saying that we should be, that's, that's our expectation. We should be improved. Um, but we scored so much more easily this summer, um, and and it's because we have a a point guard. That's part of what they do. They deliver the deliver the basketball to guys and uh, make scoring easier. Uh, the good ones can. And and again, he was one of the. I think he was second in the NJCAA. I may be off on that a little bit, but he averaged eight assists a game, which was something, of course, we were looking at. But he also has the ability to score. But he's a he's a Southern Miss. When you, when you think of what is a Southern Miss guy, not just a Southern Miss basketball player, but a Southern Miss guy, he's just old, tough, hard-nosed, competitive, blue-collar type kid, and that's what I love. I love those intangibles, um, but he's a very skilled player and he's a winner. And what, one of the values of having a young man like that with COVID and one reason that we want, we, we have, we've got a young man that played two years at the highest level you could play in the, in, in, in the National Junior College Association, but he still has three years of eligibility left. And so to have someone that's at the controls uh, for, for, for three years or so uh, is, is really exciting. Uh, you mentioned Isaiah Moore. Isaiah Moore uh, is, is as an exciting of a player uh, as, as we're going to have, or as we have had, I should say. Uh, not as going to have, but as has had. Uh, we were very fortunate. Uh, he chose Southern Miss over, uh, his final five were Florida, uh, Texas Tech, Kansas State, Cincinnati, and us. And for us to be able to get a player, so, well, gosh, how, coach, how do we, how do we get a player? No, we didn't dip in any brown bags <laughs> or anything like that. But, but he, he thank goodness had played right down the road at Pearl River. So the relationship that we have with Coach Oni at, at Pearl River, and of course he had Teammate of Tay Hardy, but, but you know you think well he goes. You know some, the general person may think that this was a guy we played at St. John, but maybe he didn't get a chance to play numbers. this was this was he was their second leading scorer, uh, and, and but he wanted just to play a little bit bigger role than he was playing there and play a few more minutes. And he saw an opportunity uh, to do that at Southern Miss, and we're fortunate to have him. But I mean, very now he he's not when he's he's, he's six ten and a half, pushing six eleven. Um, great feel for the game, but he's 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 not a you know he's not a bulky big you know uh, big wide-bodied post, but he's a very athletic, skilled jumping jack. I saw one of the national po- publications put him as a pogo stick. I watched, of course. He and I had a great relationship uh, when we were recruiting uh, Tay Hardy. We just he had he had signed with St. John in the early period, but even even over the course of the times we were down there recruiting. Uh, his teammate Tay Hardy, uh, you know, it, he and I always had a good amicable relationship, and of course that helped us. And it was a lesson to us that with the recruiting rules today, it's sometimes you get them on the bounce, and over over sixteen hundred guys in the transfer portal. So it's good to keep a maintain a good positive relationship with recruits, and um, anyway, it paid off for us in this. But I mean, this I watched them last year. I happen to watch again. They're playing at Georgetown, and he has 26 and, and 14 at Georgetown. There's not a lot of guys who're capable of doing that. And uh, anyway, so we're excited him. He gives us something that we have not had in, in the two years that I've been there, in terms of some some really good length and athleticism. But we have a very athletic team, um, uh, not not just those two guys, but very very our athleticism is is certainly much improved. I do want to mention a couple of other. New faces, uh, Luke. If you don't mind, and um, that uh, Rashad Bolden, but uh, Rashad Bolden, the son of Coach Randy Bolden, who was the head coach at Jones Junior College. Of course, you know I'd coached at Jones, and he's now the new in the, in the summer has become the new head coach up at Mississippi College. Um, but his son Rashad uh, was was rated as the number two recruit in Mississippi, and uh, had twenty seven in the Mississippi uh, Alabama All Star Game. Was the MVP of the game. Um, we got an absolute steal there, and uh, I mean he, hes a—he's a, as even as a true freshman will really push Waylon Napper uh, for for some you know some real serious minutes at the point guard position. Um, you can tell he's the coach's son. He—he's—he's he's beyond his years in terms of maturity. Um, played three state championships in high school. Uh, just just another guy that really fits the, the type of uh, cri- that fills the type of criteria that that we look for and recruit high character, a good, strong student, uh, physically tough, fits that Southern Miss mentality and mold that we look for, and very talented young man. So and he gives us another strong point guard. And then a lot of people don't know this young man from Picayune named Mo Arnold, who has started, he he was all-freshman in the Atlantic Sun at Jacksonville, another young man that I had recruited when I was in southeastern Louisiana, and during the transition of coming to Southern Miss, of course, he signed at Jacksonville. He's been their starting point guard the last two years. We got a dose of him last year. Uh, strong, athletic kid. He, we don't know about his eligibility yet. Uh, that still will still remains to be whether he's going to be eligible for this year. But it gives us three really n- new players, a new face. I want to educate our public on that. But he gives us three really good point guards to build with for the future. And that, we, we're, we're stronger at that position than we've ever been. Um, uh, of, of course, since I've been there and, and in terms of great depth as well. So, you know, we're excited about that group. And then, you know, the biggest Luke, the biggest signee that we may have had, and this is crazy to say coach Turk would roll in his grade. It was, was our own, We're having to go, you know, because of the recruiting rules and this, the, the craziness with the transfer portal is of course, Tyler Stevenson returning. And, um, you know, uh, of course, I, I've had the chance to, to Tyler and I had a chance to talk about a lot of that, and you know, we kind of kind of felt like Tyler Tyler had moved on, had had an incredible number of schools reach out to him and try to get him to come back. But as time went by, and he had not he had not signed, Tyler called and he said, "Coach, would my uh, scholarship still be available?" And I said, "Tyler, you know, of course, you you and I we we parted. I, I thought on great terms and." Of course, wish you nothing but the best. But uh, you know, of course, we'll need to talk about a few things and make sure that you're two feet in. And and of course, he he's not only been two feet in, he's been four feet in. He's been a great leader for us, and he's he had a tremendous summer as well. He's just he's such a positive young man and a pleasure to coach. And he's uh, has has gonna leave a legacy at Southern Miss. And he told me so. We got a chance to talk. I said, Tyler, what what kind of major? And he said, Coach. He said. Of course there's other schools and i I could mention some of them um but i'm not going to give them that much credit but you know that had better facilities and they had you know they gave us more cost of attendance money and all that they they uh took charter jets to play. i mean to games and of course those aren't things he said but that that those are those are you know things that initially kind of drew my attention he said but it was the relationship he said everybody at Southern Miss seemed to care about me. And he said the fans cared about me, and they kept wishing me well. And he said, eventually I realized that I've got something good there, and I don't think I could recreate that anywhere else. And I think that's a strong was a strong testament.
1: Good stuff, Coach. We are always grateful that you come on the Eagle Hour. We'll be calling you again real soon, and I, I speak for all oh, the guys. God. We can't wait for basketball, Coach.
2: Well, Mr. Bob, thank you, Luke. Thank you for having me on. Please tell Kelly I said hello. Thank you all for right. having me.
1: Coach Jay Ladner, everybody, head basketball coach at Southern Miss. Speaking of Kelly Center, we'll talk to him next, and uh, stay with us. Southern Miss to the top.
0: First day of the work week. Thank you for joining us on the Eagle Hour on this Monday afternoon. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and Laurel. Appreciate Jay Ladner joining us and. Tell you what, uh, you got the scoop now on the personnel and the new personnel, returning personnel, as uh, he went into it in depth. If you missed it, you can always uh, go back and check out the Eagle Hour on demand, supertalk.fm, supertalkhattiesburg.com, supertalklaurel.com, or we are on a plethora of platforms. Uh, the iTunes uh, app uh, store with the, with podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, all there. You can hear us and uh, get your latest Southern Miss news from the Eagle Hour. Fourth Street Bar and Grill brings you the third segment every day. They had honey baked ham today. Black eyed peas, sweet potato casserole, a roll and a drink. That that's kind of a, a change up for a Monday. Honey banked ham from Fourth Street Bar and Grill, but always go uh, probably about nine or ten in the morning. If you go on their Facebook page when you're getting uh, the hungries uh, for lunch on on in, in the morning, you can check out their Facebook page and uh, they will probably already have the lunch menu up and then you can just pull out eight ninety five and get you know, one of the best lunches in Hattiesburg, Four Street Bar and Grill proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander joins us now, and Southern Miss has hired a new assistant coach for baseball, Ben Brewer. Uh, was announced late Friday as uh, the newest assistant coach. He'll be uh, taking Nick Amorati's position, who left uh, last month going to the University of Kentucky. Ben Brewer spent the last two seasons at Southern Illinois University in uh, Carbondale. Uh, was was also, though, uh, at, at with Southern Illinois before then. Um, he was at UT Martin. And uh, Gulf Coast Community College was a coach there. So, it has the mississippi ties and and Kelly Sander, probably the most unsung heroes in collegiate athletes are this third assistant and it, it's it 's been a crime uh, over the last several years simply because uh, these guys uh, are volunteers, they do so much of the work, they do so much of the work with the camps and other instruction it 's a blooming shame that we don 't have a a paid third assistant in baseball
3: and a lot of schools, as you well know, are in favor of adding that, but the Powers that be, and we all know from recent developments, the powers that be are not the NCAA, but the Power Five themselves, uh, for some reason don't want that, that extra paid coach. I, I, don't know why, um, because it certainly would stand a reason, particularly with schools who have very strong baseball programs, uh, and could more, you know, be in a position to better afford an, an extra coach could do it. But, um, for whatever reason, they just have never been able to get that, get that through. So you're right, because a lot of these times these guys take the jobs not knowing what the pay's going to be, you know? So, boy, that's that's got to be a really tough way to do it. So you're do, definitely doing it for the love of the game. And, Bob, what's the mascot at Southern Illinois from where Ben comes I
1: have from? no idea, Kelly, but something tells me you Salukis. know. Salukis. Yes. Yeah, Salukis.
3: The Salukis. Do you know what a Saluki is?
1: No, Kelly, I don't. It is a Isn't a it some of type of
3: dog? Yeah, it's a breed of okay, dog. Okay, there we it, go. It, it's, it's a smaller. It's very similar to a greyhound in the way that it's built, but it's a smaller model, kind of hmm. like a collie to a Sheltie. You know, a greyhound and a Saluki would be similar. They they should
1: play the. Now, you uh, know they should play the fighting Boston Terriers that played Ole Miss a few years ago, Santa.
3: Well, talk about a dog fight, huh? Or, uh, <laughs> So how do We don't know what Ole Miss is going yeah. to go
1: by this year. You know, we don't know if it's the Land Sharks, the the, the Black Bears, bears or, yeah. the Rebels, the, you know, whatever. Who are we? We'll, that's, that's we'll, the we'll find champ. out later in the year.
0: All right, Kelly. Um, good news out of Pittsburgh Steeler world. Former Southern Miss wide receiver Lewis Lips, first round draft pick, uh, way back. Uh, I think I was born when he was drafted. You guys were in your your mid 40s then, but big uh, big news for Lewis Lips. He is being
3: put into the Pittsburgh Steelers Hall of Fame, and much as I dislike the Steelers because of the annual thumpings that they deliver to Cincinnati, if you get put in the Pittsburgh Steelers Hall of Fame... You're pretty damn I mean, good. That's, you you that's got
1: that right. Good, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah you've put together some good numbers over, over his career. And in this day and age where football players seem to go to different teams at the change of the wind direction, Lewis Lips, as as far as I can remember, you guys, Lewis Lips was always a Pittsburgh Steeler. I was think that's
1: the only team he played for. Yes. Yeah.
0: Actually, yeah, but, actually, he no. technically played two games for the New Orleans Saints in 1992, his last year. No, so but, eight eight years with the the Steelers
1: and one year or a half year with the Saints. We're talking about historic franchises like the like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals, right, center.
3: Uh, they're both historic, but for far different reasons.
1: <laughs> All right, so Kelly, tell me something. And go back and tell me your your most your fondest memories memory of uh, of one of the many times Lewis Lips stuck a knife into the heart of your Cincinnati Bengals.
3: Bob, my therapist says I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> but I'm, but I, I'm not more than
1: once. Me. Is that fair to say?
3: <laughs> oh, yes. Well, yeah, more than five or six times, uh, actually. But the only redeeming quality that Lewis Lips has, as far as i i mean, other than a, a being a good man in the southern the, being a Southern Miss guy, right—and he can't help it that the Steelers took him, and he was drafted in the first round. So what are you going to do?
1: Right now, um, now but, our associate Luke is too young to have perspective of this, but you're—you're you're not, Kelly. Put in perspective for our listeners. Just how great a college football player Lewis Lipps was at Southern Miss.
3: Well, he obviously was fed by had some pretty good quarterbacks that throw the ball to him. But, but a wide receiver back then, you remember how important. And that was. those were the days when the running backs were king. Right? You right. always took a running back in the first round. You know, the O.J. Simpsons and those, and those kind of guys. This was a wide receiver that went first. Mm-hmm. In a league that was run happy, okay, you know, before the West Coast, Lewis played much before the West Coast, you know, offense and Bill Walsh and and uh, all those guys brought that into vogue in the NFL. So Lewis Lips was a number one pick as a wide receiver in a run happy league. So that just tells you how highly the Steelers thought of him, and, and a
1: and a great great special teams player as well.
3: He was and Luke. I don't. I'm sure you. Luke's kind of our stats guy. Um, what kind of numbers did he put up at, at uh, Southern Miss? Would you Would you know for chance or what? so?
0: He, he he played the the first two years. Of course, was eighty and eighty one. And you know, remember what kind of offense we were running then. So, you know, he only had uh, right at 200 yards his sophomore year, but his uh, his junior year, 38 catches for 468 yards, two touchdowns, and then his senior year, 42 catches for 800 yards and five touchdowns. But like you said, like, or Bob, like you said, the, the special team's prowess. Right. His senior year, he averaged 11.6 yards a punt return. His junior year, he averaged... Twelve point two yards uh, a punt return, and so you know the the thing about him was the the dynamic, and I think that's one of the reasons that they drafted him was he really blew up as a wide receiver his senior year, but he showed his junior year what he could do on special teams.
3: Yeah, and that and that wide receiver statistic that senior year, I think he averaged about twenty yards a catch, didn't he? His senior year, something like that, just some really
0: weird, wild numbers. Nine, yeah, nineteen yards a catch his, uh, his senior okay. year.
3: Yeah. And, and, again, back in those days, still college football was still fairly conservative compared to the way it is now. Mm-hmm. So he was a big play guy and lived up to every bit of the hype that the Steelers, you know, right. just my luck as a Bengal fan, he lived up to their expectations.
0: Well, guys, so who did the Bengals take first that year, Kelly? Do you know?
3: Uh, Bronco Nagurski, I think.
0: Bronco. <laughs> Ricky Hunley. Does that name ring oh, a bell? Yes. Yeah, Man, that's, that's a, a legend. Linebacker out of Arizona State.
1: Legendary player. Hmm.
0: But it looks like that Cincinnati had the number one overall pick. It was from Tampa Bay through Cincinnati, and Irving Fryer went to
1: the New England Patriots.
3: What year does Cincinnati not have the first pick? (laughs)
1: Exactly right. Uh, Cassandra, on a brighter note, do you know know what the significance of this past Sunday was? Uh, It
3: was August 1st. No, I don't,
1: Bob. This It was the last Sunday until early February that there won't be NFL football. The, well, the, the season starts actually Thursday night, and uh, and, and, I, and I read that this morning. I think there's a little misnomer there because a lot of preseason games are not played on Sunday, but uh, it, this is the kickoff come Thursday night, and so we just went through the last weekend without NFL football. well
3: let's ju- and let's just say we hope.
1: Because oh, yeah, again, well, yeah. you
3: know, I'm I'm labelled as Mr. Negative, you know, negative Nelly here, uh Debbie Downer, whatever you want. But here comes COVID again. Right. A right. couple of Lamar County mm. schools have, have gone now, these are high schools, but they've gone back to virtual learning for the next couple of weeks. And I sure am hoping that this doesn't you know right. but, And Mississippi from what I understand this past week was Fifth highest in the country in number of vaccinations. Hmm. Hmm. So I'm hoping that people who hesitated in Mississippi are getting those vaccinations. Now, that certainly would stand a reason if they're fifth in the country in the number of vaccinations last week. Right. But I'm hoping COVID doesn't get into the junior college system and then into the pros, and here we go again, you know?
1: Well thank you Kelly for ending that segment on such a bright note. We look forward to having you back on the show tomorrow my friend.
3: Well I would say I would say it was a pleasure but that would be an oxymoron right? so. <laughs>
1: Kelly Sander everybody, he'll be back tomorrow as he is every day. We'll be right back.
0: the Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern
1: Miss to the top. I want to thank Coach Jay Ladner and of course Kelly Center for joining us uh, in the Eagle Hour today. <laughs> Last segment was going to be a little different than most shows. Uh, uh, most of you, I, I would assume that uh, listen to Super Talk in this program know that uh, that we lost just a legendary uh, member of the Super Talk family early Saturday morning when JT Williamson passed away after a really valiant battle with cancer. Uh, JT was a good friend of mine, a good friend of uh, this young man that I've asked to come on the show now, and uh, really the face of Super Talk Mississippi uh, for, for many, many years. Uh, he was very close. He he became very close. He did a lot of Southern Miss stuff for me through the years in uh, bringing his show to the campus, and, and while he was a Mississippi State guy, he, he had a love in his heart for Southern Miss. His dad was a Southern Miss fan, and as JT told me often, you know, that left a special place in his heart. And, and during that time, he I think it's fair to say, well, I know it's fair to say, he became really good friends with Scott Berry as well. And, uh, and Saturday, Scott said this to me about JT, which I think really sums it up. We're all better for knowing such a great man who loved God and his country and stood tall and proud for both. Caleb Hamill knows a lot about uh, J.T. Williamson. Caleb is a very talented young man that works for us and uh, does Presbyterian Christian School football and helps us out with a lot of engineering uh, matters from time to time as well. And, uh, Caleb, I ask you to come on the Eagle Hour because uh, J.T. is actually who introduced me to you and uh, told me about this this kid that had moved to Laurel and how I needed to go grab him and get him involved in my operation I know that JT uh, is the guy that brought you into broadcasting, and he meant a lot to you as well, didn't he, Caleb? You know,
4: JT never embellished, did he, huh? <laughs> no. no. You know, he,
1: well, in that case, he didn't, though. No.
4: Well, I, I tell you, JT has been you know, such a tremendous treasure to me over the years. and you know, We knew each other back in the days of uh, just living in Madison in the same town. My father and him shared a, a building and working. Uh, with my father at Farm Bureau and him at Supertalk. And uh, over the years, just getting to know one another, not only myself uh, getting to know him, but my brother actually did his stats for MRA basketball back in the day when he was serving as a student manager. But uh, over the years, I was up in school in Starkville, and somehow or another, JT overheard, I assumed from my father, that I was interested in sports broadcasting. It always had an affinity for Uh, Mississippi State legends like Jack Crystal and Jim Ellis, and he said, well, there are a lot of MRA baseball games that I don't have time to just drop everything and drive up to in the middle of the week. And with me being up in Starville, a lot of those games were pretty close by, whether it be Starville Academy, Heritage in Columbus, and Mag Heights, uh, just a little further out west. And so, so JT said, well, he's smart. He can figure out the equipment, just I'll put it on the team bus and let him figure it out. And uh, that was my first exposure to actually being a sports broadcaster. And JT took a risk and just said, he'll figure it out. (laughs) And uh, I tell you, he he really worked with me through those first few broadcasts. And then, lo and behold, he switches over to Madison Central with a little changeover between those two schools. And uh, That summer, he said, Caleb, would you like to be my sideline reporter? And so that went from baseball play by play to uh, the football realm as well and eventually it carried on into whenever I graduated and came down here to the Hattiesburg Laurel area and you you said it yourself, he connected us together and I got to do Sal Jones and now doing PCS and I owe a lot to him in not only giving me my first gigs but also you know, holding my hand through it all and helping me figure out my ropes in the business.
1: Well, that was J.T., and I'll say this, J.T. in a in a business that really has a lot of big egos in it. J.T. had the biggest radio audience in Mississippi. He reached the pinnacle of broadcasting in Mississippi, had the smallest ego of any broadcaster I've ever known. In fact, Kayla, people probably think this sounds crazy, but really off the air, J.T. was a pretty shy guy. You know, he, he was not a real outgoing guy that uh, – that you would think walked in the room with a big, huge ego. That just wasn't JT.
4: He would tell you to your face that a lot of it's an act. And uh, granted, his opinions are his opinions. Don't get them wrong. But the outlandish and the, the in-your-face ness was not him in the public. That, that was that was him just behind the microphone. And uh, that man loved his family. Any time I'd see him at Mississippi State games while I was a student, he was not as interested in the game from his seat in the stands as much as he was being down there close to the sideline watching his daughter cheer. He cared truly about his family uh, more than just about anything else. No question.
1: 30 seconds, Luke. Uh, How do we put in perspective when we lose such a great friend and such a fine person at such a young age?
0: You know he was a, he was a voice for a lot of people, and uh, what what I've seen over and over again is people, even people that that didn't agree with him politically or on ideology, they respected him, and so that's what you do. You uh, as you mourn and as you grieve, you remember the good times, you remember the times he he made you mad, you remember the times that you were shouting in agreement with him, and that's what you remember from J.T. Williamson. He was a voice uh, for a lot of people, and and you're thankful for that.
1: Alright, Caleb, thanks for those thoughts. And I know you I know you mourn his loss uh, along with all of us and uh, you know best wishes uh best wishes to JT's family, his wife, his daughter, and his son. Caleb, I appreciate your time.
4: We appreciate you too, Bob.
1: All right, JP. Uh, JT, rest in peace, my brother.
0: The time keeps on slipping, seven, seven into the future.
1: Fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle to a free. I go through the revolution.
0: A Super Talk, Mississippi yeah. Media Production.